You're listening to The Life of Tri. It's triathlon for your ears. This is The Life of Tri. Back again, episode 43, Phil Rockner. Uh, I always say this, paddling a canoe, you know, steering a ship, something like that, you know, just doing what I do uh, with the most polished human that triathlon has produced in Kevin McKinnon. Kevin, uh, how you going, buddy? I'm good. I'm, I don't know that anyone has ever described me as polished before, so now we know you're getting desperate. <laughs> What a time, Kevin. What a time. We're having a little chat off air and just uh, I was lamenting the amount of illness down this neck of the woods. Uh, Shout out to anybody at the moment who's listening, lying there uh, with some flu or some cold issues. A little bit different where we are at the moment. And I'm not going to say our weather's bad, but it is cool for our climate. I'm not going to ever debate weather with a Canadian. uh, Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like an Australian complaining about a cold winter again. Well, it's just the season. I think it's seasonal, you know, where it's not so much that it's cold because it's not that. It's, we've actually, it's been 11 and 9 and that's the last it's got to really. Um, but it's just the time for cold. People are just dropping everywhere. Um, I was talking to you off air and just saying that there was work colleagues who were just falling over everywhere. It was crazy. Um it's another time, I think, Kevin, we're experiencing the fallout of people being locked in a house for two years without an immunity system to cope with it. Yeah, well, absolutely. We certainly had lots of colds over our winter as well um, this year, it seemed like. But um, yeah, really sorry to hear people are are getting COVID again down there. We're coming into our summer and touch wood, curly hair, hopefully going to be avoiding it for a bit. But yeah, this is, uh, it's not going away in a hurry. Uh-uh. You're right. And it's remarkable. It's kind of like you're kind of living until you get your next whack of it, um, which is, um, yeah, it's what we get, right? We just uh, lock ourselves away and then this is, we come out of our isolation and, and here we are. But uh, it's a lot different, isn't it, though? Like when you think about how it used to happen, when if you got COVID, you basically shut your whole house down, you burnt your house and then you rebuilt it and then it was all good. And now you just spray a bit of antiseptic on it and carry on people let's move you know it's amazing how the needle has moved on this one yes i yeah it's it's still um it i i don't know that we have learned to live with it yet but we're uh stuff is figuring out and when you can just see it um the triathlon world is moving full steam ahead right yeah so yeah uh, definitely seeing that out there yeah, no doubt. Hey, have you ever knocked back jobs? Have you ever knocked back a job? Like someone's like, I'll give you an example. Someone rang me the other day and wanted to interview me for my knowledge, not for me, um, about the Giro. Uh, the young Aussie boy won the Giro d'Italia recently. Um, and I'd followed it a bit. You know, I'd watched him win stage nine and I, and I knew what was going on. I just And I wrote back to him and I just said, you know what, this was a producer from a radio station texting me i said i'm not across it i'm not across it as well as i should be so i'll, I'll decline i think i think if you try that sort of stuff with it, anyone in you know and again this is a commercial radio station right so there's thousands of people driving their car and their kitchens whatever they're listening to you and if you're not right across it you get found out pretty quickly so have you ever knocked back work knock back so you mean turned down is yeah. that what you're... yeah um yeah in 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 some situations or else i've I've kind of asked exactly what they're looking for and then read it up. But 
Um, yeah, no, there's been a few times where I've said, gee, uh, this is a ba- much better person to talk to <laughs> and sort of giving them a name and number to call. I said, like, if you can't get this person, I'll come on. Uh, but, yeah. um, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'm with you 100% sometimes if you're not super comfortable with what you're talking about. Don't for sure. Yeah, I got, I got asked one year to commentate the World Track Championships on the velodrome. And I just said flat out, no, <laughs> nope. Guy rang me from in Germany, I reckon, and, you know, said, hey, listen, we're really keen to get you on. And I said, no, nah, I don't know enough about this. I don't know enough about it. And in that environment, I'd get picked apart in nine seconds, you know. The reason I'm bringing this up is because reading a lot of the things around the 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 circus that was last weekend by mainstream journalists, seriously, if you don't know the sport, research it. Or if you do, then uh, if you don't know the sport and you research it, that's great. But don't get on there and sort of tell someone who may have a bit more knowledge than you, because there are those people in the world. You and I respect that every single podcast, Kevin, um, you know, that there's actually more knowledge out there. Um, so I, I, I did get into a little bit of a Twitter battle during the week, <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> um, you Twitter battle? Inconceivable. Yeah, well, I know, I know. If you want to Twitter battle me, I'm at Phil Rockner. You cannot miss me because um, I have a loyal but solid 180, I think, following. Um, but in saying that, some dude just, yeah, he went a little bit and I got a couple of DMs and, you know, going a bit hard about, you know, saying that he was rabbiting on about it being a full triathlon and a full race and real world titles. And I was like, dude, this is, you're full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. Circus, mate. This is a circus. Just knows a circus. Um, I just think it, for someone who was writing uh, like they were, um, they should have probably known better, maybe. Oh, so I, man- I managed to miss all of this completely. So uh, I, I just, yeah. I, I can... We'll have to go and check out. Well, look, the sub, it was, it, it happened off Broadway, thank goodness. I don't take things on Broadway generally unless I really want to whack someone. If I'm whacking you on live Twitter, I'm, I'm being an idiot and you need to tell me. But the whole, you know, we might as well dive into it. The whole sub seven, um, you know, that whole circus was really it was it was a circus. The fact that we're talking about it means it worked. Yeah, but- uh, absolutely. And and yeah, I, I I'm with you a hundred percent. If people, anyone who um, thinks in any way, shape, or form that this can be a, a world record or a world, I guess I don't even like that world record world best um, is obviously not in the loop, right? Like this, that was never the intention of this. Um, The intention was to just see if people could go under seven hours and under eight hours. Um, Surprise of all surprises when you sit behind eight people and ride 80, uh, ride 55 kilometers an hour, um, you end up going 316, 317 on the bike, uh, which gives you, you know, nice little 45 minute to an hour cushion uh, to go way quicker. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so, but, but it was, you know, it's, yeah, I will come to the world record stuff in a minute. Cause I've got, I'm saving my big artillery for that. Um, I, yeah, I really artillery needed it. It's the, not simple. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, this wasn't anywhere near it. It was not. And again, it was, it was, um, I think it was more further removed from like you know the, the the Nike sub two hour jaunt, 
I reckon this was so far removed from that. That still had an element of authenticity. Um, yes. Uh, and yeah, because it won. Well, and the big difference is the amount of draft you get. You know, 12 to 14% running is, you know, as good as it gets, I think. Um, I haven't seen any any um, studies or any stats that show much or, or any more of an advantage than that. Whereas on the bike, you know, it can be up to 38%. So yeah. um, now the thing that was pretty impressive, like um, I'm pretty sure or I seem to remember that seeing somewhere or hearing somewhere, Blumenfeld averaged 280 watts um, on the bike versus you know, he, I think he averaged 320 um, in St. George. 280 for, you know, three and a 323, was he? 324? That's still pushing a lot of power, or a reasonable amount of power. And then to jump off and run a 230 marathon, like it was still an impressive performance. Yes. It was, like, don't, sure, it doesn't count as a, as a record, but. It was an impressive performance. And uh, the big thing, you know, I, I talked to the guys from Cadex um, a few days or on last Friday. And, you know, for them, it was just an experiment in terms of, you know, what can we develop to help people go faster? Yeah. Um, so in terms of the tech stuff, all of this, uh, you know, it's a big you know, play day for these developers. Now, the Asics shoe that he was wearing, the um, uh, Metaspeed, um, I'm guessing he was in the Sky, but um, anyway, the Sky Plus, sorry. Um, that that They weren't developing that for, specifically for the race, but Kadex, you know, that bike was born out of the sub seven attempt. Mm. Um, and then of course, DeBoer jumps on board and, and comes out with a new wetsuit to try and help out. So the whole tech thing is what to me was really cool out of it. Uh, yeah. seeing what people can do. Correct. So if we take a look at the, um, if we take a look at the whole build up, the, one of my bugbears again is the, the pretended manufactured rivalry, you know, the shit that they were doing with, um, Blumenfeld and Skipper who I thought was, I thought Skipper was genius during this race, this whatever you want to call it, competition. Um, he impressed the heck out of me. Um, I didn't think he had that run leg in him. Because that's the run leg kind of, you know, that that was a, a lot more true a test, you know, with those sorts of watts and those sort that sort of um, effort in his legs. But the, you know, the manufactured sort of carry on beforehand, I hate that. I just, it just, you know, the only authentic thing that we've seen the last three or four years that is authentic is the Collins Cup that you hosted uh, last season when it was, it looked like it was relaxed, fun kind of banter with an edge. It was a bit of passag, as the young people say. Um, this, eh, I don't know, just don't make shit out that's not there. It doesn't look good. Yeah, and, well, and it's interesting because Joe Skipper was um, at the press conference uh, last year for Collins Cup. Joe Skipper was hilarious. You know, just kind of stood up and basically said, yeah, the guys the guys who are up against me, like, you know, if, if they can't beat B, then they're really in trouble. You know, it was, it was um, he, he uh, he did a great job with that. And yeah, well, and I think, you know, you saw that that video of the two of them having the stare off and no nah. one great face, right? Like, you know, it, yeah, it, it just, you, you don't want to take that stuff 
uh, too far. You can have some, and, and I thought that, you know, the barking at each other, that was, you could just tell it was all in good fun. So um, as long as you, yeah, I, I think for any of us who know that these guys really aren't going to go after each other, they're just, you know, it's just not in their nature. Um, it's not in and, any triathlete's nature. Like it's just not like, well, yeah. I don't know. I saw the Mac at the press conference in 2004, was it? 2005, uh, no, maybe. Uh, no, 2006. There we go. Um, you know, when he when he sat there and just said, yeah, I'm the best triathlete in the world, um, right next to the guy who had just beaten him at the world championship. Like, that was, <laughs> he was, he was really pushing buttons right there. Um, so yeah, look, that, that, that's, but that was 15, 20 years ago, right? Like yeah, modern day, I don't know, modern day athletes are not inclined to do that. I think they've just got too many other things going on to sort of worry about that sort of stuff. I, I, yeah, the whole handshake thing I was annoyed gagging at, just screaming at my social media feed going, this is just silly. Um, and then I was really disappointed by the color of the kits that they wore, especially on the bike, because they're all gray and they look terrible. So, then he, and he still persists, Blumenfeld, with their white. I mean, at some point he's going to really. Are we going to keep going? Can we not find a different color for it? Well, it had uh, it had some. Uh, the one that he wore at the Worlds had some red and black in it. <laughs> the Canadian says defensively. Um, yeah, like I, I guess it, Blumenfeld is certainly, and this came out with my conversation with the KDEX guys. He is so dialed in on data and everything. So if they came to him and said, the suit needs to be white for it to be fast, then that's what he would go with, whether Phil Rockna wants him to wear a different color or not. And, and I know you're not used to hearing that. Um, but, uh, yeah, for him, it's all about the numbers and the testing and this is what they're giving him. That's going to go fast. That's what he's going to wear. Yeah. I understand that. I can also be upset with him. Um, um, I I also look, I, I, they all wore compression socks, which concerned me greatly. There's a range of things that was, um, yeah. That would need to workshop, but that's okay. Um, I did think too that the um, build-up in itself had that many people talking, and it did hit mainstream. So I guess from an organisation point of view, if you were running, if you were running the um, event, is it job done? Do you think it was job done? And we'll talk about the women's in a sec. I'm not going to ignore them because that was another thing I want to bring up too. There's a little sneaky thing that I heard during the course. Um, did you did you think it was job done? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I have no idea what their numbers look like and everything, but there certainly was a ton of talk about sub seven to the point where it completely overshadowed what was an even better performance in my mind um, uh, in Hamburg, which I'm hoping we're going to talk about shortly. Oh, um, yes. But um, yeah, like. I, I, don't you think it sort of nailed what they wanted? Oh, fuck yeah. I thought it was brilliant. You know, from a marketing point of view and from a PR point of view, this thing dialed it, Kevin. They got it so right. Like, you know, the fact that we're sitting here and, you know, we're, we're minutes into our podcast and we're still talking about it says victory, right? Like they got people talking. It, is it the, is it a, a pure triathlon? No. Is it 
a real thing that we're going to see ever again in terms of on a, in a race day. We're going to see these times that are lowered. No, but are we excited by a dude running two thirty off a bike? Of course we are. I mean, like, how could you not be? Somebody uh, I, I thought <laughs> saw one tweet predicting we'd see you know six to ten teams uh, doing all of this next year. Um, the, ah. that was one thing that really came out was just how much these guys all enjoyed being part of a team and the, the team component to it. Yeah. Um, and even the cyclists were getting into it like, Hey, this is kind of fun doing all this. So yeah, who knows if we'll see it again? No. And I did, but I did say a lot of ch- uh, chirp about it. Question I have is given, given the nature of the world and I'm, I, I'll be careful how I phrase this, but given the nature of the world and given what we've been exposed to over the recent years and given our sort of, I guess, mistrust of things, these phenomenal performances that keep coming up and nobody's mentioning any um, methods or anything outside of the norm on this. Do you find that weird as a journalist that there's no um, conversation around, hey, this is so lunatic fast do you think there's something untoward going on? Whew. Yeah, no, I, I, Do you know what I, I, mean? have, I have wondered the same thing, uh, not in terms of our people doing stuff, but why aren't people asking the questions like they used to? Um, and yeah, it just, uh, the, I, I think it's been that there have been some kind of gradual steps and you can kind of see what people's people are doing. And then um, they're also, all of these folks are doing a great job of letting the whole world know, Hey, this is the training I'm doing. Um, so people can kind of go, oh, okay, you know, based like if this guy can do this and this and this on the training front, then uh, am I surprised that he can do that um, in a race? Um, and yeah, people just, you know, you, you never got to see what Lance's watts were and, and everything and, and all of his training on Strava um, in the early 2000s. And, and you can go and, and see Lionel's and see all of these, so many of these guys, what they're doing on Strava. So there's much more, it's been much more open, which I think is, um, which is great and which is a huge factor in why there is less of that wonderment because people can kind of go and see. Mm. Um, so yeah. Uh, and God, I just crossed my fingers and hope that we're, you know, not going to find out in 10 years that any of that kind of stuff was going on, but yeah. Um, and look, I, I don't want to, I'm not people will go, or oh, you are, but I'm not, I'm the question I'm asking for discussion that we've been talking about. And is exactly, you know, that you've articulated there is just that if this was cycling and there was guys running up the Tourmalet or Alpe d'Huez or the big famed climbs in training and, you know, they were, and I know the sport has a lot more history to it. I, I get that, but yeah, I just think that it's, we're either going to be incredibly shocked in a decade's time, as you said, or we've just sat down and watched something that's, a legit and and b you know incredibly cool and it's um I think as you know commentators in the sport and people who look at the sport I know you're as a lot more heavily involved uh, than I am I'm kind of a little bit on the periphery these days but you know, I think the question's valid I think the question is like because we see these and it's not just these these performances are skyrocketing right they are constantly getting redefined and we constantly lowering and redefining the needle of what we believe can happen and what we think is achievable. You know, Joe Skipper's run of 236 was phenomenal. 
you know, Blumenfeld, the 230, you kind of went, yeah, well, I kind of expect that. But Skipper running 236 was also, you know, a very nice uh, nice effort as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, and part of me wants to say that the other aspect to all of this is that for many, this is long overdue. So you think about how long we would be saying, good grief, how come these guys aren't going that much faster than Dave Scott and Mark Allen did in the late 80s and early 90s? Um, you know, the Ironman uh, course, the world championship course record, um, it, you know, it just sat there for so many years and, and just wasn't, didn't seem to be going down. And we were kind of looking and going, look at all these tech developments and all the stuff that's happening on that front. And we're not seeing the times drop. And now we're starting to see that. And then, uh, you know, the same thing with Laura Phillips, uh, incredible race. Like it's, we're seeing somebody get down into the Chrissy Wellington realm. Um, and that was 2011 when she set that record and, um, and, or set that time. Um, and that's 11 years. And you think about all of the tech improvements that have happened over the last 11 years. Yeah. You kind of go, wow, why is it taking so long? Now, you know, Chrissy tells you how amazing an athlete Chrissy Wellington was and how she put that <laughs> right out of the ballpark, but um, stuff is catching up. So I think that's, in part, why um, there is less of that, which is great, you know. So, hey, I, I'm really hopeful all of this is happening uh, totally clean. And, um, yeah, we'll just cross our fingers that that is the case. And I think there's lots of there's lots of reason to believe that is the case. And, yeah, I just hope so. But, you know, having been having gone through track in the eighties and cycling in the 2000 or nineties and two thousands, um, you know, I don't know that you can ever be truly confident of it anymore. The, nope. the, they've ruined that for us all. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I, I agree hundred percent. Um, in saying that, uh, let's have a quick chat about the women's event in this one, Cat Matthews and Nicholas Spirig. Um, Cat Matthews, three minutes faster. I mean, let's be honest, they're basically the same time. Um, is there, and there was a sneaky rumor too that she was told to slow down so that next year they can go for sub 7.30. She did 7.31. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine that that would be true. That would be a funny one. But yeah, no, it seemed to me that she was sort of humming along and doing the, doing the best she could on that day. I can't imagine that there was any, you know, slow down and, that would be that would be kind of strange. Oh, I don't have any. I I where I read it somewhere. It was on social media, which means it's probably complete bullshit. But it's um, it's something that I read and I just had a little chuckle at because if she did, she's nailed it at seven thirty one, right? Like, like she's she's drilled it, um, and now yeah, she knows absolutely. that she's got you know a couple of minutes to drop next year. But as if you know, as someone to you know come in and 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 um, you know, same with Joe Skipper. The, the she they did a great job. Nicholas Birig as well, you know, seven thirty four. So they're well under the sub eight. Like they made the sub eight look ridiculous, didn't they? Yeah. Well, so Cat Matthews, I've been I'm uh, sort of joking in a story meeting the other day. I can't write 
again that Cat Matthews is the real deal. <laughs> like I wrote it yeah. after um, after seventy point three Lanzarote and wrote it after uh, the Worlds and um, you know kind of wrote it again after this. Like for anyone who does not believe that this woman is right at the top echelons of the sport, you're you're missing the boat. Like she has surged through, and it's just amazing to because I I think she just. She started in triathlon in 2016 um, and has only been a pro for a few years. And she is just dialing all this stuff in. Very, very impressive. And um, so, yeah, no, it's kind of funny that she was a quote unquote replacement and then ends up doing all of this. Um, And then the other thing that I, I, you know, she ended up coming second. Uh, so people like, oh, well, she was second, but it's pretty amazing that Nicola Spearing did what she did. Like she had a broken collarbone in February. I think she pierced a lung. She, you know, ripped all kinds of stuff. Um, and to come back four or five months, four, four months later to do what she did was pretty incredible. And, uh, it sounded like she had, um, you know, was dealing with a foot injury coming into it um, as well. And still, you know, went out there and put it all on the line. Like she is, she is unbelievable uh, for her to be able to do all that kind of stuff and a mom of three and a lawyer and, uh, you know, it just goes on and on. Um, Yeah. The woman's pretty incredible. So yeah. Classic um, underachiever. Yeah, definitely an underachiever. Yeah. Like, Oh man, all these women around who uh, who put uh, put me to shame. Certainly not you, because I know you do all of these amazing things too. Uh, but they definitely put me to shame in a big way. Kevin, on the day that they set these times and did this thing, I was probably sitting on my back porch eating a box of Cheerios. I'm not. I'm not. You know. No, these people are phenomenal. And even though we did call it a bit of a circus, because it was. Um, no one's denying, you know, no one's denying the 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 stamp that these people put onto the um into the sport. Um, I guess moving I gears, just, uh, just, if I could, just one more sure. thing. So, and, and to me, Cat Matthews, that whole team thing. I don't know if you saw um, her post race interview, but um, for her, like basically, that whole comeback was was driven. She was ready to just hand it over to Nicola. And then Nicola faded a bit, but it was like, as she went by her team, she was like, I just can't let these guys down. And so that really, when well, that's her, like I, at the, um, at the finish line of uh, the world championship in St. George, uh, she grabbed uh, Ruth Assel and, um, you know, just brought her over to the media area and said, this woman was the top age grouper in in 2019 and now she's fifth pro at the world she's incredible like she is such a uh a booster of people around her and her team so really exciting to see her be able to pull that out for her team yeah it's fantastic um switching gears a little bit and heading over to hamburg um where do we start with this one um you just say eight eighteen twenty. That is unbelievable. Was it was it a verified course? Do we know? Well, is it accurate. <laughs> Who knows? Exactly. Um, That's why this sports bullshits half the time because people are sort of jumping up and down about this, and I've been very, very 
quite on this, but I, I again, no one's denying that that race was sensational, right? I'm not, I'm not taking anything away. She's an absolute genius. But here we go again. You know, every time greatness is upon us, we are completely inept as a sport. You know, every time a record is dropped in the pool, recently two world records were set in the pool in Australia's trials. Not once did I say, was the pool the right length? Not once did anybody say, is that legit? You know, why are we not learning from this? As well as we can go, they should be saying, as close to what we know, you know, Laura Phillip got this and got close to whatever the world mark is or whatever the, the right time is. They don't know. No one has a clue. No one has a clue at all about any of this. Yes, totally. Uh, totally agree. Um, you know, just fork out the dollars to to certify yes. courses. It just, you know, with you 100%. Don't understand why we can't do that. Um, marathons are like if you want to be uh, one of the you know big marathons um, in the world, the part of that world series deal, you have to have your course certified. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's a dude who gets out like they have to certify those courses. They start with, I think it's a mile long um, metal tape. Um, and they use that to certify the wheel and then they go and wheel the course. Um, so it's, you know, yes, it takes, it's time consuming and stuff. And I have no idea what you would do on the bike. Um, cause that, you know, obviously is a little crazy to try and figure out, but there's gotta be ways to get out and measure these courses accurately. I so. will walk out there with a freaking trundle wheel and count every meter. If it means that we're going to get something that's actually going to go well. Yeah. But you would run out of fingers and toes after 20 and then we'd be screwed. Well, we'd all be in trouble then, wouldn't we? Um, <laughs> you know, it, um, it, but so now I totally hear you there. Um, but I think if, so from what I understand, I don't think the course has changed, uh, you know, over the years. And when you look at what she did compared to other times, like, you know, people have always said, oh yeah, the Hamburg course should be fast, but it's never been that fast. Um, and they have a, they have a decent climb over one of the bridges, I believe. And then the rest is relatively uh flat um so you know in theory it should be a fast course and it wasn't until she came along that it really got fast um yeah. so but you know, the other thing too we, we were talking about this on twitter again uh i was having a good chat with the crew from the streak podcast shout out to that those those crews uh and steve fleck as well who's uh, man about town in triathlon and they were talking it's interesting what they were talking they brought up the fact kevin that every race is completely different even verifying the courses so the verifying the courses is there but also the run into t1 and out of, into t2 is something to think and i thought that's a really good point isn't it because some of those runs up from the water can take a little while can't they into t1 after you swim and then there are yeah. some that are right on the edge and they literally have a 20 meter jog up into transition. That is a great point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you, you th think about, um, uh, think about Taupo, Ironman, New Zealand, you and I yeah. both have been there many times and co-announced uh, or co-hosted that uh, live show one year. 
uh, that is one heck of a run. And not only are you running, it's, well, they say 400 meters. That's the longest 400 meters I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, and then you run upstairs at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a really good point, isn't it? So, I mean, and, and I think the transition I think that's just that's the only variable that I'll, I'll and I I love the fact that we're on board with this together. That's the only variable that I'll tolerate. Is in and and thanks to that crew too for that conversation. It was actually quite a good one. Uh, there was a number of posts there. If you do get bored and want to go and have a look at it, um, but they were talking about um, you know that idea of what was legit and, and the the transition. But I think that's the only variable you can really adopt if you've got a legit three point eight you know, uh, 112 mile bike. And then you got the 26 two. If that is all properly marked, then the, the transitions are probably just going to be what they are. You're going to have to live with that. Um, it's probably almost like a little bit of wind in a hundred meters or something like that. That would be just allowing for that. But in saying that, you know, yeah, all the money that goes into putting on these races, I'm sure it doesn't cost that much. It can't cost that much money. It really can't. And this is what the PTO need to be doing too. The PTO need to be better at this. Um, you know, yeah, they're doing a lot of great things, but how about they just start formalizing this shit so that when we are talking about world champions and 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 quick races, then we get it legitimately, you know, um, and we get real results. So that someone like Laura Phillip, who did such a good job, and her splits, her 245 marathon, Kevin, man, that's smoking, you know. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And and you are bang on that. Um, this is something that uh, the that would be great for the PTO to embark on, because, as you say, it's the athletes who um, ultimately benefit the most from it. So uh, so that there is no doubt, like when Laura Phillip goes, yeah, I went 18, 8, 18, 20 on a course that was certified. Here's all of the details and data. Like, because that's always been, you know, the big challenge or challenge growth or the 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 big criticism of challenge growth is, is that course accurate? And, you know, yeah. after um, after everyone sets their record on it, they go, oh, yeah, it was totally accurate. <laughs> <laughs> but prior to that, when somebody else had the record, they're like, oh, it must have been short. So, yeah, it, it just it would help on all fronts. Yeah. And it's not to take away from what you know, what came of out of, um, out of Hamburg, because as I said, you know, 431 on the bike, 245 marathon, which is just flying, you know, even if the run was short, long, whatever, 245 is in the, in the book is really quickly, uh, moving through that marathon. And you don't see it a lot with women's racing. Um, you don't see that sort of speed, um, you know, that often. And even our, uh, you know, sub teams, um, Kat Matthews ran a 2.46 and Nicholas Spiri ran 2.45 and that is on a custom course. So, yeah, you know, this is, again, a, a great um, opportunity for the PTO. When they run their races, right, this is what their opportunity is. They don't care about Ironman and stuff like that. What they have to do is say, hey, our courses are certified. They're legitimate. I tell you now, wow. when I'm talking about an 80K bike ride, it's an 80K bike ride to the to the meter. Or when I'm talking about the run, et cetera, it is leveled off right where it needs to be. Set the standard, right? Set the standard. Yeah. But but that's the shit that sits in their wheelhouse proper, is to professionalize the sport. That's what they probably need. So it is a good opportunity for them. And that would also make things so much easier with the uh, ranking system, you know, the way they, they do the points versus 
times, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if you know that all the courses are exactly the same distance and everything, it makes it easier on that. Now, conditions vary dramatically at different races and stuff, so it doesn't totally work in terms of times, but uh, certainly would be helpful if the courses were the same. Yes. Yeah. Make us feel better and shut us up. I mean, you know, if you, if anything, pipe us down. Absolutely. By, uh, but, yeah. And no matter what we did, like Laura Phillip has never gone slower than I think her slowest full distance uh, might be in, from Kona. I can't remember what she went there, but, you know, she's gone 846, 842, now 818, uh, 850 in Finland. Um, yeah, like she is unreal. She is definitely uh a person to keep an eye on for Kona this year. Yeah, a hundred percent. There's um something to like about what she's up to in uh in that. And uh certainly So um, let me ask you uh the question that I asked in my story, which was more impressive? Cat Matthews's sub eight or Laura Phillips eight eighteen? Oh Laura Phillip by mile. Laura Phillip by mile. Right? Yeah. Because she's out there on her own. You know, she, look again. I'm not putting down. I'm, you know, people can think I'm, I'm, you know, just dumping on it because I can't. I'm not at all, right? But it, it was, it was a, an exhibition. It wasn't a race. It was just an exhibition. Um, you know, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same boat. Uh, like Cat Matthews had an incredible performance. Was awesome to see. But yeah, that, um, that eight eighteen was, you know, it was just, it was completely overshadowed by the sub seven, sub eight deal. And uh, it was a shame because it was an amazing performance um, that uh, we haven't seen the likes of since 2011. So pretty exciting. It is. And I, but I, I'd put it to you though, Kevin, that there was a, there was as much buzz around what Philip had, had done. Um, I know there's a ton around the whole sub program, but I reckon there was enough noise around Laura Phillip as well. Um, I think she, from what I saw anyway, on the, um, on social media, there tended to be a lot of people who were pretty, pretty impressed by what she was doing and were making comment on that. And a few of the, you know, um, more inverted commas here, air brackets or whatever you want to call them, air quotes, you know, smarter people in the sport or the more informed, like the, uh, the Brad Culps of the world was running polls on his Twitter about what was more popular and what yeah. was a better result. In the heat of battle, see again, and this is where these exhibitions and 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 we're going to see more. You mentioned that there might be other teams. I, you know, this is the sort of stuff that we saw with, um, you know, Fredino v uh, Sanders last year. Uh, we've seen with races on um, car racing tracks, etc. This is the sort of stuff that is going to kick triathlon around a little bit too. I wouldn't be surprised. You're right if we saw, uh, you know five teams next year yeah i i i'm with you i think people just i think it and that'll come so much uh, or driven by the athletes as well um and then the the sponsors like i think they have they relish the opportunity to show their stuff like kdex um you know they've got um all of christian's team um drafting crew on that prototype bike. So they were pulling out all the stops to try and um, use this as an opportunity to push what they're doing. So I think the sponsors and the manufacturers, they like this kind of thing. Uh, it's a great marketing opportunity. So 
wonderful, uh, wonderful opportunity for the sport to generate some some more views. But have we lost the sense of adventure in endurance racing? Are we all worried? Like speed now dominates. We just all we worry about is it you know sub eight, sub eight, sub eight. You know, general men's race, and then you know what we saw on the weekend as well. But you know, are courses now advertising themselves as? Um, you know, as friendly for this kind of stuff so that the age groupers can get involved. And is it, you know, are we losing our sense of adventure when it comes to, you know, like, you know, obviously you go to Lanzarote all the time and you see that's an incredibly tough course. Um, and no one's to go there. The, the beauty about trying to create a world tour is that you can stick some beasts on there, you know, and watch Fredino having to, you know, stick a, a three or 4K climb in the middle of a bike and see what he does with it. You know, is, is that what we sort of need to get back into? Well, I think we've always had that combo, right? And so, you know, obviously it couldn't get much tougher than it was in St. George this year. Which uh, showed us it could happen, that, right? That That is the attraction of Lanzarote. It's like uh, you, you get to come back and say, yeah, you guys can go and do your, your flat thing in Florida or... Uh, Arizona or wherever you want to go to, uh, Western Australia. Um, But you want a beast of a race, this is what we've got. So um, Nice, you look at the bike course in Nice. Now the run is dead flat there, but um, that that Nice bike course is uh, nutty hard as well. So I think we've always had that combination. I'm with you that I just, um, I feel that isn't um that isn't as rewarded isn't the right word people don't just don't seem to look up to it as much as they should so you know when you get to go and brag to your tri club afterwards people are much more enthralled with the fast times than they are with people completing the tough courses in my you know in my mind and experience and it would just be cooler to me if if we celebrated the tough stuff more yeah. Um, but that said, you know, we celebrate Kona, which is, you know, it, it's not a super, <clears throat> it's not as hard a course, but it's a much tougher race than just about everything. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the humidity and the competition. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the thing. It, um, it will uh, inevitably come down to the individual. There are those who love the speed. And there are those who just want to see something that is going to test them. So, yeah. Those two camps are maybe not as aligned as we think they are, but certainly they are in, um, you know, <laughs> they're in different books. I mean, there are dudes who love walking around saying they did the, you know, they did the race in this time and there's plenty of them. Yeah. So actually in that, if it's okay, I'd love to just um, highlight. So all of that really ties well into the Escape from Alcatraz triathlon, which happened last weekend. Eric Lagerstrom and um, Jackie Herring uh, took that one. Jackie's on a tear right now. But Eric Lagerstrom, big win for him um, at that one. But what I really wanted to highlight was we've got a great story on the site. Um, What makes the Escape from Alcatraz Triathlon one of the sport's most iconic events? It's by Christine Fritchen. It's a great story that really... You know, that, that event was celebrated as 41st anniversary on Sunday. That's um, awesome. It is an icon in the sport. And um, really, uh, Christine did a great job of highlighting just what makes the event so special and, and a bucket list race. And again, it's because of the challenge and 
difficulty of it and everything. 57 degree water. I was going to say, then they have really shitty weather too, didn't they? Yeah. uh, Tons of rain and uh, it sounds like the swim was choppy and yeah, but, but that's what makes it special, right? Like you get to go and if it was easy, it would be, um, I don't know, Australian rules football. Oh, Kevin, I got 12 year olds. I coach that would run you over my friend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> hopefully they know i was joking yes <laughs> luckily enough they're in a whole nother country there's a whole lot of loose units i'm coaching at the moment uh big shout out to the uh Torquay tigers um yes it's uh it's very funny that's well used by yourself hey um that's us mate it's 45 and out uh good Love chat it. on all things sub seven don't forget if you want to go anywhere to get your triathlon uh knowledge upgraded you go to triathlon magazine in canada and that is where you'll find our man kevin mckinnon doing some of the world's best work in the field of triathlon journalism kevin uh you are once again a uh, the wind beneath my wings thank you very much hey thanks so much phil as always tons of fun we'll see you next week on the life of try if you like us uh tell your mates and we'll uh, catch you next week for ep 44 Thanks for listening to The Life of Try. If you like us, tell your mates and follow us on Instagram at The Life of Try.